I know what it's like to feel invisible, to think it's too late to become what you've always wanted to be. You feel like it's too late to have more life. I felt that way too, but when I lost my brother to cancer, he made me realize I have way more life to live. And I discovered the choice was mine to live it or not. I know you want to become confident and empowered, and you deserve to step into that life you are yearning for. I'm Carrie B, and I get it. There is more greatness to come in your life, and I know you can feel it. I've made a choice to live my big life. Now it is your turn to be empowered and step into the life that has always been yours. It's time for you to step off the sidelines and into your own life, the one you were created to live. It's easier than you think. I believe in you. In fact, I am your biggest fan. So let's get started. Are you looking for a speaker for your next event? Whether it is a gathering of a few or a large sponsored event, Carrie V is your person to bring to the stage. She brings the power, she brings the knowledge, she brings the wisdom, and she also brings the feeling and the emotion. Her desire is to help you grab hold of more life. Carrie V promised her brother before he died that she would help others embrace life, enjoy the journey, choose wisely, have fun, and laugh every day. She promised him that she would step out to help others live the lives they were created to live. Carrie V helps others overcome unproductivity, overcome fear, guilt, anxiety, and resentment. She helps them live a life of power, gratitude, and action. She helps you define the mental and emotional blocks that are holding people back from living the lives they're dreaming of. Put her on your stage and change happens. Head to the show notes, click the link, and book Carrie V for your next event. It is my pleasure to welcome back Dave Moravec to Coffee and Tea with Carrie V. Dave is a stand-up person who lights up a room. He is a person who takes life as it comes, says yes to the opportunities, and loves every minute of his breathing on this earth. And he's talking to us today about that power of saying yes to opportunities, saying yes to the things that light you up, putting fear in the backseat, not letting it make the decisions. But taking the fear along with you, letting it motivate you and doing the things that you were put on this earth to do and becoming who you were created to become. And that begins with saying yes to the opportunities. Dave, let's hear what you have to share with us today. Dave, welcome back to Coffee and Tea with Carrie V. I am so happy to have you here today. I am so happy to be here. (laughs) Well, tell us what is making today such a great day for you and what is lighting you up. Well, you know what, if, uh, we talked about baseball and uh, it's sun shining and we're at 58 degrees here in uh, suburban Cincinnati. Wow. So we're starting to think about uh, baseball with the football season uh, almost behind us. But, uh, but yeah, there's lots of things going on here in Cincinnati and lots of things going on in my life. I wanted to share with you that I have the opportunity to uh, student mentor and tutor uh, young third grade students on Wednesday afternoons. Uh, 
Really? And yeah, we have um, uh, a new program here in the community. And I said, yes. One of the things we talked about was the power of saying yes. Yes. And um, somebody asked if I would be willing to, and my wife and I, and I both have said yes to uh, working as a reading tutor for third grade students that are reading at first grade or below level. These are kids that if they get to fifth grade, they're not going to succeed because their terms get bigger. The science gets, uh, language gets there. Uh, the books get tougher. Yeah. And so our hope is to catch these kids and move them through. And my wife and I, uh, when we talked about it, we said, these are kids that uh, when first grade, we're going through COVID, the 2020 period of time. And right. so they may have gotten lost in the shuffle. And so we've got 30 kids in the program, 30 adults in the community, and all giving about an hour and a half of time on a Wednesday afternoon um, to, to give back to the community. Oh, my gosh. That makes my heart happy to hear this. Absolutely. We have the opportunity to make a difference one hour at a time. Yes. And, and um, it's not a big commitment. But I thought as a leader in the community, if I said yes, maybe some other people would go, well, I could find some time or at least he's done it. And, and next year, uh, I'll say yes. And, and saying yes is, uh, is a powerful thing. It is. It is. Let's, let's talk about that, the saying yes. Even if we've talked about it before, it is something that I think we need to talk about more. I think people are afraid to say yes. I would agree with that, Carrie. Why, why, in your opinion, why are people so afraid to say yes and commit? Well, I think a couple of things. First, they're vulnerable. Um, the vulnerability of saying yes says, well, if you've said yes today, well, I'm going to be vulnerable the next time they ask, whether that's a fundraiser, whether that's a time commitment, whether it's even to uh, help a neighbor. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that that's, uh, you know, that's something that's top of mind. I think second, they're protective. Uh, they're protective of their time because they like their leisure time. They like sitting on the couch and watching TV and saying yes is a little bit more difficult because I've got to get outside my comfort zone. And I think thirdly, uh, speaking to the comfort zone is that that experience that they have when they say yes, uh, even if it's an adrenaline rush, throwing an ax while drinking a beer <laughs> or uh, getting in a, you know, getting on a uh, um, go-kart or a roller coaster or whatever. Uh, there's that anxiety associated with I'm not going to really have a good time, and so I'm going to I'm going to say no, and I think those those three things probably come into play on a on a regular basis psychologically with people. Yeah, I agree. So how do we get over that and say yes to these amazing opportunities? Like, how do you get out of your own way long enough to say? Yes. Yes. I can work with a, I can work with a child for an hour. Sure. Well, I think the first thing is you take small steps. I think that um, saying yes to something that's easy is something that uh, mm. everybody can do. If um, your neighbor is raking leaves and you can see they're struggling or they've got a big mound of leaves and you think, you know what, I can help them for a half hour. Why don't I just tell them that I'm going to help them for a half hour and if it ends up being 45 minutes or an hour or whatever that is, then I've done it on my own terms. But at the end of the half hour, if I've got to um, get back to whatever else it is that I was doing on a Saturday, then I've already at least set the tone for uh, I need to exit this. Yeah. Yeah. 
this is this is a good conversation. The power of saying yes is something that actually in 2020, I just decided everything that came across my desk, everything that came into my field of opportunity, we'll put it that way, I was going to say yes, unless unless God could give me a really good reason to say no. Sure. And it was such an exciting year. I've just kept it going. It was the book. It was the year of writing my first book and launching the podcast. And I was home. So I just figured if it was an opportunity, I'd jump in with both feet. And it's been amazing. And in your in your field of everything that you have studied in life and you're you're always pouring yourself into something. Psychology of saying yes. Is there a psychology behind saying yes? And is there, what are the results of, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I will do that. Well, I don't, I don't know that I'm the right person from a psychological perspective. I think that, that, uh, well, thank you for saying that, but, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I guess a couple of things I get from saying yes, and that I see from others that say yes, is that they grow. And um, for that, they're able to tell a story as an example. Um, I can now start a conversation with Carrie V that said, yes, I am mentoring and tutoring a young man who's in third grade. Now I have something to build on yeah. uh, for that, uh, you know, for that next thing. Um, and, and the endorphins in me say, yes, I can do this again. And so we grow to that next, uh, yes, whatever that is. Yes. I, I said, yes, Carrie, to something crazy. You and I haven't talked about it, but during my divorce period, I said yes to getting up on stage and doing stand-up comedy. Now wow. that, uh, it was part of my divorce recovery. It was a bucket list item that I said, you know what? I, I have some things to say in a five minute open forum. And I fell flat on my face the first <laughs> couple of times. But as I tell people, uh, you, you can do anything for five minutes. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I got through those first couple of times and I got to a point where I said, I really want to be in the middle of the pack. If there were 15 open mic stand-up comics, I wanted to be not in the bottom five because, you know, that wouldn't be very good. No. But, but there are plenty of people that are professionally um, working professionally towards, uh, you know, towards getting uh, getting better. Yes. I didn't know that I would. I didn't think I would aspire to that top level comedian. I don't I just don't have it. But if uh-huh. I could get in the middle someplace, uh, I'd be comfortable. And I got to the middle and I was comfortable. And there was a lot of fun and COVID hit and oh. I just, I, I didn't go back to it. I've stopped writing material. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people have asked me, are you going to get back up on stage? And I said, well, maybe uh, that might be fun again. But, uh, but my point is that um, uh, that growth that came as a result of saying yes, of saying uh, I can do this and uh, getting through it. Uh, some people muddle through it. And they do it with drudgery. Oh, yeah, I got to do that again. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that enthusiastically says, um, if I don't have a very good experience, at least I'm going to go out uh, with a a fun time and then say, well, you know what? I tried that. And no, it really isn't for me. I'm going to say yes to something else. I, I love this. I absolutely love this. Why are you like that? I think that most people... Most people that I talk to anyway, want to be that way. And at the same time and in the same breath, most people don't even know how to begin to approach things that way. 
Sure. Um, and some of it may go back to uh, somebody's childhood or a, a younger experience yeah. or a parent that uh, pushed them down and said, no, you can't do that or you will never yeah. be successful at that. Uh, but I think our society, too, pigeonholes us into doing the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've oftentimes, and this is a business reference, but I've taken salespeople that have been successful in other industries and hired them. Because they've said, yes, I'm willing to learn the product. I'm learning, I'd like to learn the customer base. I'd like to learn your solutions. And found that they were um, more successful than taking somebody who was in the same industry who had been doing it that way, air quotes, uh, for so long that uh, they didn't know any better. And so saying yes to a new opportunity that way um, actually produced uh, you know, a lot of success over the years. Yes. I, I think then if I take what you're saying, it's because you have literally worked on you and poured into yourself and learned who you are and who you are becoming. And then you get more comfortable, more adventurous saying yes to these opportunities. I think that's part of it. I think also too, we learn from others. And they're saying yes, or they're saying no. So aren't there people in your life, Carrie, that you go, oh, no, I really don't want to be like them. Yes. Uh, and, yes. and we go, oh, gosh, they're a really bad example. And we, we won't name names here today, but <laughs> but we know who they are. Yeah. And and, uh, and I feel that way, that there are people where you just point to them and you go, you know what? I don't ever want to be that way. But yes. by the same token, there are individuals who... Uh, you and I know that are really good examples that have either been a mentor or an encourager or somebody that you've looked up, looked up to uh, that has said, yeah, I can do this. Yes. Yeah. I can remember my dad saying, if somebody else could do it, I can do it. And if no one else has done it, I get to be the first. Absolutely. It's just the example that we grew up with. My mother was more cautious, but she trusted my dad enough to say, I'll, I'll jump in, but you're holding my hand. <laughs> so that's, Sometimes what that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. It is. I can remember my being at the beach and there had been a huge, no, the storm was coming in and my mom was not much of a swimmer, but my dad loved the water and he, he was the beach, especially he was a, he was a fish and he took my mom's hand all of a sudden. She tells she told me the story almost to the day she died. She took his he took her hand and he said, Janie, do what I do. Don't let go of my hand and don't look behind you. And this wave came in. She didn't let go of his hand. Whatever he did, she did instinctively, and they landed on the beach. My dad was, I mean, looking back, he was like, I thought we were both dying that day. That wave was <laughs> immense. And my mom was not a swimmer. But she told me she learned such a powerful lesson that day. Don't look behind you. Take his hand. Just, just trust. Yeah. Just trust. Trust the person who is mentoring you, who knows what they're doing. Stop looking behind you. Stop looking for excuses to not trust them. Just take their hand and trust them. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a wonderful lesson. And uh, that looking back sometimes uh, hurts your neck. Yeah, it does. And yeah, I mean, it does. It's just, it, yeah, it you, does. you're looking around going, who's, who's watching me? Uh, yeah. Who's behind me? 
uh, who's um, who's judging and, me? Yeah. And 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 maybe it's part of me that I you know I I don't know I'm sixty years old and I don't care. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I also know that over the over my business career and in my life, um, I've taken my share of risks and known full well what those risks meant. And sometimes you do have to fake it until you make it. Yeah, uh, that saying goes. Um, and and putting yourself out there to to um, uh, fall is uh, is something that people are sometimes afraid of, and, yes. and that that um, you know, again going back to these students, we're reading uh, books that these kids are you know they're at the first grade reading level, and these are kids that are are uh, one of them's bigger than my wife, wow. um, third graders that are tall and they're yeah. growing and. Uh, they need some confidence as well. So um, by giving them the confidence, you know, saying you can do this, you can, you can overcome this, you can uh, tackle this page, you can t- tackle this sentence, this paragraph, whatever that is. Sometimes it's even uh, sounding out a word and mm-hmm. phonetically helping them to see that. Um, all of a sudden I go, gosh, this, this seems so easy to me. And when I go to read a book, I go, uh, how much have I been able to learn from this book because I had that foundational piece and how much will they learn as yes. they grow up and as they're, um, and many of these kids are challenged with their, with their family situations. Uh, yeah. They're coming from uh, poverty uh, homes where they don't have books in the home. Uh, they may have a single parent or being raised by a grandparent. And so they haven't had the special one-on-one attention yeah. that many families recognize. And I, and so I, I sense that uh, that puts some people in a, an uncomfortable position. But it's really cool, uh, Carrie, I have to say that we have several uh, high school students that are coming from the high school for these third graders. And uh, it wow. warms my heart that these kids are giving back at 17, 18 years old to, uh, to help their fellow students who just happen to be 10 years younger. Wow, that's powerful. And what a great, you're right, what a great lesson to learn so young in life that Definitely. you want to give back already. Right. You know, I just, I don't remember opportunities like that coming across my plate when I was in school, but I also knew that I wanted to help kids. So I, I went to the YMCA, the local YMCA and asked if I could watch kids while the parents worked out. Oh yeah. I didn't care if I got paid. I didn't care. I just wanted to be able to pour into kids. I loved, I still love kids. Yeah. And, and people told me I was crazy, but Where did that passion come from though. I think my dad and mom were just so good with kids. My, I shouldn't even say, I think my mom and dad always gave. If there was someone in church who had a need, they would find out a way to meet the need. But it was clear, like if we ever found out, we were told, you don't, you don't say a word. Oh, this comes anonymously. Sure. We help. And this is what we're on this earth to do is to help each other. Right. And when we need help, it will come. And it always did. When we were very little, there wasn't a lot of money. And my mom would find groceries on the doorstep. And they always swore that they would pay it forward. And they did. And it was the example we saw. And my dad loved, my dad loved kids. My mom loved kids. So I just, I, I think I just decided that's what you do. You love children. <laughs> I was thinking while you were talking, um, the, the movie To Kill a Mockingbird. I've and, never seen uh, it. Oh, put it on your list. Kira. Okay. 
it's a classic. But there's a scene where the um, little boy from next door down the street who has nothing uh, in the community is over for dinner. And uh, he puts syrup all over his meat or something because he he's never had that or he doesn't have access to it. It's a specialty. And the parent and the kids are going, what are you doing? And the dad scolds them and effectively says, you know, he's uh, he's doing things that his his own way. And, um, you know, or that was what he was um, used to doing. And uh, and these kids learned a lesson along the way. Yeah. To Kill a Markingbird has lots of lessons, lots of lessons. Oh, I can't wait to watch it now. Yeah, absolutely. It's going uh, on my I mean, watch list. <laughs> I think 1960, black and white. Wow. Yes. Those are the good ones. Classic. Those are the good ones. So um, I got a question. Sure. Uh, writing Christmas cards. We're past the holiday season. We're uh-huh. into New Year's. And I have a pet business peeve, and that's when I get business cards that have the stamp name of the company or the organization at the bottom. No hand signature, a label slapped on the top of it, and uh, and I get those all the time. Yeah, and it's always been a pet peeve of mine. And and um, we wrote out uh, eighty handwritten Christmas cards to our family. Mm-hmm. And we write, I wrote out 250 handwritten business cards to our chamber members across the community. And, um, and, and I don't know whether people appreciate that. I write in red pen to, uh, uh, you know, to uh, signify the holiday spirit. I take some care in the writing of those uh, holiday cards to those that I know might be Muslim or uh, Jewish or of a Mm -hmm. different uh, faith. And, and, um, it, it still can be uh, an expression of uh, gratitude at the holidays. But yes. my hope is that they get these cards and they go, well, Dave's a little bit different than, <laughs> you know, than the others that are out there. Uh-huh. And it's a differentiator. We yes. had talked about the, the importance of writing cards and, um, yes. you know, we we're going to uh, write cards more. Well, uh, this is one I just had to share with you because uh, so many people aren't even sending Christmas cards. So they're sending a, a picture Christmas card that's got the five uh, frames of different pictures throughout the year. We went on yep. vacation. and But there's, n- you know, no personality associated. No, even those are in an envelope with a computer-generated label. Yeah. I'm with you. I am with you. When I when I worked in corporate, I always took on the Christmas cards. And I would I would have anybody who wanted to join me. Usually I was alone. And I hand wrote every address and I hand wrote every signature with everybody who worked in the, in the business. Yeah. Thankfully it was, you know, 14 people, a small business, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I felt it was important if we we're going to thank our clients and wish them a happy new year to have it be done in writing. I send my, all of my cards like you, they are all handwritten and they are a handwritten signature. Yes. I believe it's extremely important. And like you, I, I just got a couple actually of Christmas cards in the mail this past week, you know, people saying, I'm so sorry. I didn't get them out in time. I don't care if they didn't come out in time. I care that you no. took the time to think of me. Sure. You know, yeah, and they may have sent it because you sent one. Yeah, they may have. My <laughs> husband always says they only sent that because you sent you that one. I don't care. I don't care what the reasoning was. I love getting cards in the mail, in the mail. I Absolutely. think a handwritten card is like you. I think it's a powerful connecting piece. Yeah. And I think it's very important to have those those handwritten 
handwritten notes. And I'm I do it. I'm surprised we're on the same page. You all, <laughs> I'm not surprised <laughs> at all. Not surprised at all. I encourage all of my clients to just write a note to somebody. Hey, I thought I was thinking of you today. Just wanted you to know. It takes two seconds. It does. It does. Yeah. And you get to have pick out roll. really fun stamps. Have a, you know, have a roll of stamps. And I just, I have my roll here someplace. Mm-hmm. Um, have, you know, have a roll of stamps that's right there at your desk that you can just slap one on and yes. you don't have to think about it. Uh, don't, you know, don't buy five stamps ever at the post office. That's no. a silly use of time. Yes. Um, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, I am on the USPS.com site and I order all different kinds of stamps. If it's a anniversary card, they get a heart. If it's a birthday card, they get a happy birthday stamp. If they're fun loving, they get a fun loving stamp. If they're more serious, I'll put, you know, something a little more serious on there. I try to even customize the stamp. Wow. That's awesome. I started doing that when my kids were little, I would write them notes and send them in the mail and I would use what they loved Disney or dogs or whatever they loved. I would find a stamp. Wow. That's great. That they loved. And here's a practical tip for you, Carrie V. Yeah. And all of your listeners, take write this down. I, I got my pen ready. They're now called forever stamps. So if you're going to beat inflation, uh, buy a 55 cent stamp today that next year is going to be 60 cents. Yes. To save 10%. Uh, or more, because I have stamps I bought probably four years ago, forever stamps. There you go. <laughs> and I just buy, when I need stamps, I buy a lot because I'm, I know I'm going to use them. My husband's like, you'll never use all those stamps. It's like, oh yeah, well. Sure. Oh yes, I will. Or oh, yes, you I will. will. Or you will when when I'm gone. No, That's right. Somebody's the stamps and <laughs> somebody's going to use those stamps with Snoopy forever. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I still have I still have some stamps when they were doing Disney villains, and I still have some of those left. Wow. Um, they had like all the different Disney movies, The Incredibles and stuff. I love Disney, so I bought I bought all I could manage to get. There you go. And we use them because the written. Written notes have, unfortunately, unfortunately, you see less and less of them. Absolutely. And hey, it's, good question. Yeah. Where, where are you going? Where are you traveling this year? Oh, my gosh. I don't have my entire schedule left yet, but I want to do a tour through Ohio. I love Ohio. So I really am working on that right now, calling places in Ohio. Hint, Come hint. see me. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. Um, we will show you Cincinnati. Okay. I have never been to Cincinnati, Columbus a lot, but I want to, my husband and I are planning to do a cross country trip too. So I'm just calling places all across the country and yeah. that's how we'll plan our trip. And, you're uh, welcome. You're even welcome to stay here, Carrie. We, thank uh, you. We've got a great guest room and uh, save yourself a, a $50 hotel bill. <laughs> Thank you. I know it's Thank not $50, you. But um, but yeah, you're welcome. I wish it was fifty dollars. We're um, we're going to Colorado. My son, uh, since we talked last, he was supposed to go to Okinawa, Japan, mm-hmm. uh, in the military, and his transfer orders got changed, and they moved to Colorado Springs. Wow! Instead of Okinawa, that's so, very different. Yeah, very different and uh, <laughs> much more manageable from. Mm-hmm. A, travel perspective. So we're mm-hmm. going to get to go see the grandkids out in Colorado in March. And oh, how really beautiful. That. Have you ever been to Colorado? Oh yeah. Many times. I have a brother okay. who's in Denver. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of business in Colorado and traveled on vacation too. So it's yes, beautiful. It's be- oh, beautiful. Absolutely. It is beautiful. Sometimes I think we think we need to leave our country to see the beauty of the world, 
And there's so much within, I'm not saying not to travel the world. That's, I mean, that's definitely on my bucket list, but I want to see everything here too. Sure. How many states have you been to? Not enough. Okay. Uh, East coast, all of them out West, um, Ohio, Oklahoma. I've not been to Utah yet. Colorado. I loved Oregon, Washington, California, Arizona, Nevada. Okay. Not enough. I think I'm down to six left that (gasps) I'm so jealous. What are they? Uh, Oh gosh. Uh, South Dakota, Idaho, uh, Alaska. Haven't been to Alaska. Haven't been to Vermont. Uh, which is uh, really an odd thing because I've been to New Hampshire and and uh, got to uh, kick Maine off of my bucket list. I had never been to Maine. Uh, Patty and I went in October and had uh-huh. an amazing trip in uh, out east, but we didn't get to Vermont and I think Montana's on the list. So Ooh. that's not six. Uh, I think that was Oregon's Oregon. Oregon. I've never okay. been to Oregon. I've been to Washington a couple times. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Oregon's so pretty. It's yeah. so well, they all are. Every state. I love them all. I really do love them all. So, okay. So you have invited me there. So I'm gonna invite you here because we're hop skipping a jump really from Vermont. Three hours, maybe. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> so we can stay here. We can go up to Vermont. We can do oh my gosh, Vermont is so pretty. And we can do Ben and Jerry's. There's just so much. Bring your wife. Okay, so it's gonna be a double date. You and your wife, me and my husband, and we're gonna go and spend some time in Vermont. It's just we went on our honeymoon ah. to Niagara Falls. Uh huh. We went over to Rochester and uh, came down through the through the mountains uh, that direction. Um, that, it, yes. it is. It's, it's beautiful. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. We drove home from Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We went in the beginning of December, <laughs> before I got sick for three and a half weeks. We went to Gatlinburg, and. Uh, we spent a week there in the mountains in this this uh, resort called Treetops. It was literally like there was no internet, there was no Wi-Fi, there was no signal on your phone. Driving through the through the Smoky Mountains, where that bar is, you know, where it shows how much signal and everything you have, and it, there was blank. It was it didn't even try. It was like we got nothing. It was so beautiful. Those mountains were so beautiful, and driving home. And getting to New York and hitting the mountains of upstate New York, I was like, wow, we really do have incredible beauty around us in our own backyard. Yeah, absolutely. We really do. So here's here's my point in asking, Carrie. Yeah. Your listeners are out there and they're thinking about taking a vacation. They're thinking about, well, uh, can I really afford to take the time? Can I really... Um, we have to say yes to those times to take a break yes. and to vacation and to to do that. If we don't, we're going to look back and we're going to go 20 years later. I didn't get to go to, uh, yes. you know, I, again, we have to be able to say yes to those leisurely times to recharge mm-hmm. our batteries, to revitalize ourselves to wherever that is. And um, we've got friends and uh, you have them too. I'm sure some of your listeners are them uh, that go to the exact same place every year to the exact same beach, to the same resort. And uh, that's all they know. And they're yeah. comfortable with that. Um, and, and especially in the wintertime here in Ohio or you in New York, um, uh, getting to Florida at this time <laughs> of year, it's really a great respite, right? Yes. Uh, the Caribbean on a cruise or wherever that space is. Yeah. Uh, but my uh, uh, my hope is that people will take the time 
to say yes to someplace new and, yeah. and try to, I mean, New Mexico is an incredible state, mm. traveled the state, uh, uh, the entire state. And there's just some really amazing places uh, and oh, the places we can go. But, yes. But the, the importance is that we say yes yeah. to uh, getting up off our couch and, and, oh, I know it's going to cost money. Um, you know, we can't take it with us. Nope, we cannot. So, so, uh, you know, do it while you can. Yeah. And I think if you, well, no, I don't think I know. We have people in our lives, my husband and I, an elderly couple that we cared for. Then we helped with my dad as he was declining. And then my mom lived with us for the last three years of her life. And they would all say, take your opportunities. Every single one of them. My mom finally, my mom and dad traveled extensively. My dad was a musician and my mom was a homebody. But when my dad would say, I'm playing my horn, he played trombone, I'm playing my horn in Europe. Are you coming? My mom would say, yes, yes, I'll go. And sometimes she loved the trip and sometimes she hated it, (laughs) but she always went. And when she moved in with us, I, anything I said, mom, do you want to go visit your cousins in Virginia? When are we leaving? It was, yes, I do. It's going to be a long trip, mom. It's COVID. We're driving straight through to Georgia. Do you think you can handle it? I can handle it if I don't have to drive. She always said, yes, always. Our friends, Marietta and Jerry were the opposite and they regretted it as they got older, because then they physically couldn't do it. And they would all say, go see the world, go see what's out there. You don't have time to not say yes. My tagline on everything is life is short, choose wisely. And people will say to me, what does choose wisely mean? That I mean, that is my registered trademark. That was a message given to me in a dream from my brother shortly after he died. And people will say, what does that mean to you? Choose wisely. It means not letting fear have a voice. That's what it means. It can come with me. It can sit in the back seat, but it doesn't get a vote. Doesn't get to touch the controls. Doesn't get to put windows down. Doesn't get to drive. Doesn't anything. It just sit in the back seat. It can protect me when I'm going to fall off a cliff. But other than that, choosing wisely means not letting fear have a voice and just going after and doing the things you want to do. Yeah. This is your interview, though. Well, I <laughs> well, no, it's good to hear that. Uh, I have to bring up Damar Hamlin. Because it's timely, Um, you know, uh, that situation happened here in Cincinnati. And uh, here's a, you know, a young man in his 20s on the center stage of the world, uh, you know, uh, giving kids an opportunity to have toys with a few thousand dollars. And now all of a sudden, uh, seven, eight million dollars in the coffer, so to speak, for his foundation uh, to give kids. But all of us were sitting on the edge of our seat in that moment on a Monday night when uh, they canceled the first NFL game in uh, like forever. And, and, uh, and thankfully he is recovered from it. Thankfully he is on the mend and whether he plays football again or not still undetermined. But yeah. the fact is um, he set an example for the world. Uh, uh, people took a knee people um, uh, in the stadium Hush, many of my friends were in the stadium mm. uh, at that event, and they were um, they were affected by that event. And um, the talk about God and talk about uh, spirituality has uh, risen to a different level because of that specific event. Yeah. and and um, again, I think that our society 
uh, sometimes puts those things at arm's length or doesn't allow them to intersect our our lives. And when a moment like that touches uh, you, you have to um, accept it. You have to uh, embrace it, if you will. Yes. And, yes. Um, and and here the world is taking uh, Demar's example and uh, tweeting about it and uh, putting it out on social media and and uh, uh, raising this young man uh, to almost a larger than life uh, status. Yeah. And and who knows what the rest of his life will be, uh, whether his heart is uh, mended or um, he's got you know a, a short lifespan ahead of him. Yeah. We don't know and. And my guess is that he's going to come out of this uh, a more positive influence on the world than he even was before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. And the truth is, the truth is none of us knows we stress about getting older and we stress about, are we going to have enough money? And we stress about all these things. And the truth is any of us could have something happen in the next five minutes. Yeah. It's such a waste of time and energy. I lost a friend of mine um, in October, and so uh, he is 60 years old. He was a pitcher and uh, one of the third baseball team member from my high school um, team that had passed away. The first wow. one was eight, uh, was uh, 21. He had graduated from uh, uh, college, and he fell off a mountaintop in the Alps, wow. uh, a postgraduate uh, mountain climbing trip, and he was killed. Another friend of mine died in a, in a plane crash, and he was an airline pilot and uh, wow. an Air Force trainer. But Mark, um, this friend of mine, had a tear in his aorta, and he bled out internally before they knew that he needed emergency surgery. Wow. 60 years old. And um, wow. uh, the importance of the story is, Carrie, we were on our way to Milwaukee, and to, to a family reunion. And we decided to stop in Chicago to see my buddies. And uh, Mark was going to take an Uber from the, this is uh, this, this past July. And he passed away uh, in October. And he was going to take an Uber to the airport from where we were meeting for, for lunch. We had a group of guys together. Mm-hmm. And Patty and I were going right past O'Hare. And I said, well, let us take you. Save the, you know, 30, 40 bucks. That's gonna, and we'll have an extra half hour in the car. Yeah. So we did. And we drove past his old house in, in his neighborhood. Wow. We took the highways and the byways as opposed to getting on the highway, on the um, uh, expressway and uh, going up 294 in traffic. So we kind of wound our way through the suburbs of Chicago. And we had an extra you know, half hour, 45 minute visit with Mark wow. that we wouldn't have otherwise had mm-hmm. had we not said yes Yes. To that opportunity to, you know, I could have just said, oh, we got to get to Milwaukee. We're going to this yeah. family event. Uh, but no, we, we said, yes, let's do that. And the, you're right. The timing was, uh, you know, was a, a spiritual moment for me yes. because I was able to say after the fact, um, uh, I got to say my goodbye, give him a hug at the airport as we dropped him yeah. off. And, uh, and I don't have any regrets in looking back. Yeah. Um, we need to say, I love you. Yes, we need to um, say goodbye in a special way. Yeah, and whether that's to our spouse or our kids or our parents, because you just don't ever know. You just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. My aunt's uh, partner has a tattoo that I absolutely love. She just got it, um, actually, just before my aunt died this past summer, on her forearm, and it says "No regrets." Yeah, and I just absolutely love it. It's one of the things that she says all the time. 
Make your choices in such a way that you have no regrets because those regrets are harder to carry than grief. They are. And they are. They absolutely are. Uh, I could talk to you forever. (laughs) So I'll send you the link. You're going to have to come back, especially since, as we found out before we started chatting today, I lost the last episode. So this episode will not get lost. Is going to be put in safely into Airtable before tonight, so that it's never getting lost. <laughs> always good to talk to you, Carrie. <laughs> oh, I agree. It's always good to talk with you, and you always seem to to uh, turn the uh, turn the episode into a part interview of me. Well, your listeners want to know about <laughs> you, Carrie, and I'm more than happy to turn uh, turn the tables entirely if you want to <laughs> be the guest host on Carrie V. And me with tea and coffee uh, with with Dave instead of Carrie, I'm more than happy to put together a podcast uh, interviewing Carrie and get at your deep, darkest, uh, <laughs> light, uh, uh, shining moments and all those things. And uh, I'm glad maybe, to do that. Maybe we should do that next time. Let's, Let's do just that. do it. All Let's right. do it. All right. So before we let you go, let's yes. talk about your version of your pal pal shoes today. Well, behind me, it says, Dave Morbeck, our fearless captain. And <laughs> I got the fearless captain award from our chamber um, chairman. I we love it. Individual awards for uh, something that we, uh, some special power that we had. And so I got a blow up Captain America uh, doll. And so it sits there up on my shelf with a little sign that says, thank you for, uh, for being our fearless captain. That is fantastic. And sometimes you just need to be the leader to set the tone for your team, for your family, for your, uh, for your life. And that's my version today. I love it. I love it. All right. Where can we find you? And then we need a journal prompt from you. Oh my gosh. Uh, you're, uh, you can always find me at president at Cole Rain, C-O-L-E-R-A-I-N, chamber.org. Okay. You can reach me at my office, 513-923-5036 here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. I will link all of that in the show notes and a journal prompt. Well, um, yes, absolutely. Um, I'm going to hold up a book. Um, it's by Chip and Dan Heath called The Power of Moments. And uh, the Power of Moments uh, subtitle is Why Certain Experiences Have an Extraordinary Impact. Mm. Why Certain Experiences Have an Extraordinary Impact. And effectively, uh, not just a business book, but an opportunity for um, individuals to take the stories that come from ordinary people and ordinary situations and put them to use in their own lives or in their own business to make something extraordinary. It doesn't have to be the plain old rundown mundane um, agenda that you have for your, for your uh, committee meeting yes. or your church board or for your uh, family dinner. Uh, come up with something creative that says today is going to be extraordinary. Uh, I love that. That's, uh, at the dinner table saying, you know, what was the most extraordinary thing that happened to you today? Or something else in your in your work or uh, business life that um, uh, will make a difference. And they do an extremely good job with the book, uh, The Power of Moments, Chip and Dan Heath. Awesome. I love that. And I will link that book as well, because I'm going to go look it up, obviously, as soon as we're done. So <laughs> it's an easy read. Uh, okay. it, it just is. You, you get into it. You can't put it down. 
Awesome. That's my kind of book. Thank you. And thank you for hanging out with us today. I can't wait till you come back and interview me. So I'll I'll send you the link. It's on the schedule. We'll find a spot and uh, your listeners are going to be looking for the podcast. (laughs) Dave with Carrie V. That's right. That's what we'll call it. Dave with Carrie V today on (laughs) Coffee and Tea with Carrie V. (laughs) And and I'll I'll promise to do 10% of the talking and you're going to do 90%. Okay, you're on. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Great with you. Hey, thanks for listening in. I want you to know I do not take it for granted that you give me this time to have coffee and tea together with me. But before you go, it would mean the world to me if you grab a quick coffee or tea refill and pop into the podcast reviews and leave me a review. It's how this podcast grows. It's how it reaches and empowers more women. And it's how I know how to serve you best. I want this podcast to be what you need. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and share it with your friends. And follow me on Instagram at I am Carrie V. Remember, it is never too late. Peace out, girlfriend. Pow, pow.